Tuesday, August 26th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, that looked a little bit more last night, like what the Indians were expecting this season to look like. Uh, Shane Bieber goes six strong innings, strikes out 10. Francisco Lindor launches a two-run homer, and uh, the Indians beat the Twins. Uh, what did you take away from that game, a game that, in all reality, the Indians really needed to win that game. Yeah, they needed to win. Uh, the Twins had beat them four straight times. Um, and Bieber, uh, you know, we saw what Bieber can do when he's struggling. You know, he kind of, you know, with those first two innings, he was all over the place. Uh, walked two guys in the, first, in the second inning after, you know, walking six guys of the first 150 hitters that he'd faced. Um, so he was, he was having some control problems, but he found it, uh, the, the more he worked into the game. Um, so that, that was a plus that was good to see what he can do when he's, you know, doesn't have dominating stuff. And it was good to see Lindor, you know, hit the ball out of the park. Uh, we've been waiting for that or just drive the ball, I should say. And, and, uh, you know, and Lindor and, and, uh, Ramirez, the two guys that, that have to really drive this team. Uh, Ramirez went, uh, he had two hits, uh, Lindor hit the home run. Um, it was a good game, good overall game. And, and the bullpen was, was, uh, dynamite once again. Yeah. Again, uh, Oliver Perez, James Karinchak come in and, and they really rescue, uh, uh, Shane Bieber, uh, given the, uh, the seventh and eighth innings, uh, Brad hand comes in with a one, two, three, ninth. Uh, when the, when the bullpen is, is clicking like that, uh, and, and Shane Bieber is able to, to go at least six innings. He's had a quality start in, in every outing this year. Uh, it, when he's able to do that, uh, this is a tough team to beat, even if they only score, you know, four runs in a ballgame. Uh, it, it's still, it, still going to be tough. Uh, you know, Shane Bieber, like you said, w- was struggling to find his, his command and control, but you just sort of had a feeling that, you know, if he was able to stretch it out, that that maybe the offense was going to come through at some point, and and they did uh, on on Tuesday night. Yeah, you know, Bieber gives up two runs in one inning, and you think the world's going to come to an end. You know, it's uh, it's such a shock because he's he's been so dominant. And the last time he faced the Twins, what eight stri- eight scoreless with thirteen strikeouts, I think he gave up like three hits. And you know, all of a sudden you see him you know, kind of getting, uh, you know, struggling in those first two innings. He didn't know what to expect, but uh, Sandy Alomar, Sandy Alomar said after the game, when you're an ace, you find a way, and uh, he did. Well, and I'm sure Shane Bieber would like to to face Nelson Cruz as many times as possible, uh, you know, in, in the same game. Uh, he struck out Nelson Cruz, what, three times last night? All on curveballs, too. It was like he'd throw the same pitch in the same location, just daring Cruz to swing at it. And every time, uh, Cruz came up empty. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, uh, Cruz has a, you know, he's, uh, Bieber has dominated Cruz in, his, in their careers. Uh, but the Twins have really kind of knocked him around a little bit. You know, they've faced him a lot. He made his big league debut against them. Uh, guys like um, uh, Marwin Gonzalez and, and Miguel Sano and Eddie Rosario, uh, they have good, really good numbers against uh against Bieber and um, I think that was one of the reasons he was pitching so carefully to Sano and um, and Gonzalez in that second inning. Right and that, that also led to some of the walks as well because you saw it was a, what a four-pitch walk to Gonzalez that you never yeah. see that from Shane Bieber. 
Right. All right. Well, uh, the uh, sort of the biggest news uh, of the day on Wednesday came before on Tuesday came before the game, uh, and that's when the Indians announced that Wednesday night's starter would be Mike Clevenger. Uh, he's going to return from exile at Lake County, and he's going to start tonight's game against the Twins. Chris Antonetti saying that you know the time has come for him to to, to come back, and he really does. You know, looking at all the options he gives the Indians the best chance to win that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I think it's time, Joe, you know, kind of move past this. You know, this is, uh, this is after all, this is the big leagues. It's about winning ball ballgames, uh, getting to the postseason. Uh, I think the Indians made their point to both uh, Clevenger and, and Plesak. And if they, they don't get it by now, Joe, they're never going to get it. You know, if, if the light hasn't gone on, it ain't going on. You know, they need to change the light bulb. But uh, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is, this is the way the big leagues work. You know, you, you, you know, you get, you, you do your 30 days in the hole and uh, come out and let's go, you know, let's go, let's pitch. And it's uh, like, it's the Shawshank redemption or something. Yeah. So, you know, so, uh, so let's see, let's see how they go, how, how it goes. And I, you know, I'm anxious to see how Clevenger pitches tonight. Uh, Right, you know, he he hasn't really pitched since I think his last start was August sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while. He missed, you know, he cost himself what three starts here with this. You know, Adam Plutko filled in for three starts, and um, so uh, he's got he's got some making up to do. Well, Antonetti said that he did talk to Zach Plesac on the phone and told him, you know, keep working, keep your head down. There is no major league opportunity right now for you. Uh, that's because the Indians, uh, as as it's indicating uh, in, in their game notes, are, are probably going to start Tristan McKenzie on the first game of the road trip on Friday in St. Louis. So that's something to look forward to as well. But just getting back to Clevenger, I want to get your your opinion on, uh, you know, this this is still, what, five, six days short of the Major League Baseball trading deadline. Uh, Clevenger's name continues to be bounced around out there. Uh, as a as a possible trade chip for the Indians, uh, the Indians are in market in the market for uh, an outfield, a big league bat, uh, somebody to to sort of solidify the outfield, and uh, you know part of that lineup. Uh, is it possible that this is a showcase game for for Clevenger, and it's it's less of a hey welcome back to the clubhouse and more of a get out there, show other teams what you're able to do, and and we'll get rid of you uh, by Monday. Yeah, I think it's very much a showcase, Joe. I mean, the Indians, uh, you know, could have started Plesak. And if you you look, compare the two guys, you know, Plesak was pitching much better than Clevenger. Clevenger was, you know, still battling the uh, mechanical thing with his knee, his surgically repaired knee from February. Uh, Plesak uh, was coming off, what, six scoreless innings against the uh, the White Sox in his last start. So, uh, yeah, I think that Clevenger is pitching for a reason. One... Uh, you know, the, he, the, the Indians would love to see him, you know, pitch well and, and help them win a game. Number two, if they can improve themselves by trading him, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, they'll see uh, if he can stir up some interest, any more interest than there already is, with a, with a solid performance tonight. Teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox will obviously be, uh, you know, watching and, and sort of monitoring this uh, and possibly even the Angels. Uh, teams that that have definite needs for starting pitching, uh, the Yankees chief among them. But 
does it help or hurt those other teams if Clevenger goes out there and, and really shoves tonight and, and just, you know, uh, comes back and is the Mike Clevenger of old? Uh, does that, you know, drive his stock up and, and maybe the, the asking price for him can be a little higher? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it, it should. It, I think that would, you know, that he would prove he's healthy, prove, you know, this layoff hasn't hurt him. But the Indians are the Indians are in a great spot here, Joe. They can't lose. You know, they're in a, a win-win. They don't they don't have to trade this guy, especially if he pitches well. And if he, you know, and 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 if he does pitch well and uh, they get the right offer, yeah, they could trade him. And um, you know, the, I think uh, you know the Indians have a defined way of uh, making trades. They have they have a definite opinion, a value on their players, and they usually don't budge. And uh, this is a unique situation in the 60-game season. Uh, so much unknown. There's so many unknowns, so many hurdles to clear. Um, and that all adds, you know, some intrigue to it. But in the end, uh, if the Indians don't get what they want, I don't think they're going to trade them. But I think they'll definitely listen, as, as Antonetti said yesterday. They're listening to a lot of talk, and they're surprised there's so much uh, conversation going on. Right. Uh, okay, so, well, uh, speaking of talk, we asked our subtext subscribers uh, what they thought about the trade deadline and, and who they would target in terms of what players are out there that they would like to see in an Indians uniform, uh, you know, come Monday at 4.05 p.m., and which Indians players or prospects they'd be willing to give up in exchange to get that. Uh, got some interesting responses, so let's, uh, let's jump into those. First of all, uh, Indians subtext. Cleveland.com slash subtext. You can subscribe for $3.99 a month. Uh, text messages from Hoynes and myself. Keep you updated. Uh, as soon as we know information about the Indians, you know it there. And uh, a chance to share your opinion and your thoughts and, and have your, your ideas uh, shared here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, let's jump in. I have a, a text here, a response to the question, who would you trade? And who would you want to sign? Uh, this guy, uh, this guy says, I, I feel like we should have signed Puig as a free agent a long time ago. Uh, so that yeah. boat is sailed. Yeah, so that, I don't know about you. <laughs> that train is pulled out of the station. Well, well, especially since Yasiel Puig, uh, you know, tested positive for COVID. I, I think that would be a, a whole other, you know, issue. He, he, he signed with Atlanta, but then, the deal was nullified because he he tested positive for COVID before he showed up in camp. So uh, this one here for Chuck from Youngstown says, trade Clevenger and get Clint Frazier back uh, and maybe another Yankees young position player. Uh, so that that really is sort of the the, the gorilla in the room, um, the the big one. Could you could you deal Mike Clevenger to the Yankees and could you get Clint Frazier back? Clint Frazier, of course, the number five overall pick in 2013 by the Indians, traded for Andrew Miller, and he's pretty much been blocked at the major league level every time he tries to come up and play for the Yankees. Uh, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, uh, standing in the way there. Uh, uh, Clevenger for Clint Frazier, would you do it, Hoinsey? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I, You know, there's, I've got – I don't know. I saw Frazier play a little bit, and I – I'm not sure. I I just haven't seen enough of them. Great bat speed, you know, great power, uh, a lot of swing and miss. 
<clears throat> and he's kind of a he's kind of a a, a loose cannon too, you know. So, mm-hmm. what what exactly are you getting with this guy? I mean, he, like you wrote today in, in that your very good uh, caps uh, analysis of the uh, you know some players that could be available for the Indians. He had consu- you know he missed most of last year with some consu- uh, concussion problems. Um, I, you know, if, 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 you know, you're getting a lot of control too, I think with Frazier, right? Right. right. Yeah. He's, he's not even arbitration eligible. I think he's only got like a year and a half of service time. So you'd have him at least another full year before he reached arbitration. Yeah. But, but what, you know, obviously why did they trade him in the first place? You know, was there a concern with the organization? They, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe the Yankees wanted him ahead of Zimmer. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, that's, I, I, I can't. Gun, I, gun, I, to I, your I head, gun to your head right now, Clevenger for Frazier, would you do it? No, I wouldn't do it. There you go. That, that's, there, you answer the question. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> it. We move on. But I like his, I like his bat speed. I like his power. Okay, probably be you don't the best have to. Outfielder they you are. don't have to be friends with Clint Frazier, Hoinsey. It's fine. <laughs> We're good. Uh, Kurt from Rochester. He writes: uh, trade with Boston outfielders Kevin Pilar, Andrew Benatendi, Michael Chavis. Uh, Pilar has uh, has had one good year. Uh, good clubhouse guy. Benatendi and Chavis, young and upside. Uh, Tried gives up Clevenger. So uh, the first two guys here say. Uh, deal Clevenger and get what you can from either New York or Boston. Uh, I don't think Boston's going to want to part with. I think Ben Attendi would probably be the the most likely one they would part with if they if they were because uh, again he wouldn't even fit. Uh, he he'd be in arbitration already, wouldn't he? Yeah, and he's is he on the DL right now or on on the injured list right now? It's entirely possible. Yeah, you know, and, it's, uh, he's not somebody know, who would help right away. Yeah, I know Francona loved him. You know, when his mm-hmm. rookie year. He really, really liked uh, Ben Attendee. So okay. that might be, uh, might be a sleeper. Here you go. Uh, Greg in Columbus says, I would love to see the Indians get Whit Merrifield from the Royals. Uh, they could afford his salary and his versatility would allow for a lot of options in the future. I know the price would be high, and, but it would be within, and it would be within the division, so I'm not optimistic. And, and there's the, the two things that would probably – you know, put the brakes on any Whit Merrifield deal. Uh, this guy's contract is for what he is and, and what he can produce. This guy's contract is re- extremely team friendly. I think uh, next year it's like seven by six point seven five million, and then the year after that it's only two million base with with a lot of incentives. Um, and you know, there's there up to three years of control over him uh, if they're looking to deal him. But uh, again, the price would definitely be like Clevenger and you know and another starting pitcher. It would be uh, a really steep price for the Indians. Yeah, as you pointed out in your story today, Joe, when when the, you know traditionally when the Indians have tried to deal within the division, uh, you know they get held up. You know the other mm-hmm. team does a doesn't want to trade one of their best players in the division and have the guy come back and and have to face them nineteen times during a regular season, and b you know they're just not they're just not going to trade them to one of the better teams in the division. I right. love, I love, I love Merrifield. I, I think that would be a great deal. You could play him all over the place. You know, Francona would love him. Uh, 
not, not a lot of power, but he gets on base all he's, the time. He's, he's two hit wit. What are you talking about, man? He's two <laughs> hits a game. I know. I mean, but I, I, I think that would be great. I, I really, you know, you what you can play, you can play him anywhere, right? And, and the upside, if you're Kansas City looking at this deal, is if you take Clevenger off of Cleveland's hands, that's you know two to three wins uh, that Cleveland would get against you every year because Mike Clevenger doesn't lose to Kansas City. So I think he's nine and zero in his career against yeah, uh, right. against the Royals. So you know that you're eliminating uh, a, a definite you know three losses a year, uh, not having to face Clevenger as a in, in an Indians uniform. Uh, who, who knows? The, the, again, this is a team they've also got a, a stockpile of of young, up and coming starting pitching that they've been drafting over the last couple of years. Uh, so maybe they maybe they need an ace. Maybe they need a, a number one guy, and Clevenger could be that guy. Uh, this guy here we go. Dave Bowers from Avon writes. Uh, he wants Frazier. He says it's time to. It's time he was brought back to the organization that drafted him. I think he's matured a lot from when he was in the system before. There's a to, to your point. It would be nice to have our number one picks from 2012 through 2014 patrolling the outfield like we'd hoped a few years ago. So uh, Dave is is voting there for for Clint Frazier, and apparently he's voting for the return of Bradley Zimmer as well. Yeah, uh, that would be an interesting outfield. Yeah, well, it could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy who uh, Patrick Grichik from Garfield Heights writes in. I would like to see Bobby Bradley included in a trade. At what point does he go from prospect to player? So Bobby Bradley uh, uh, being shipped out of town for somebody. Uh, are there any teams out there that are desperate for a uh, first baseman who strikes out 130 times in a season? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, oh, man. That, that's interesting. That, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. I, I don't know about Bobby. I think Bobby Bradley, they, the Indians would trade him, obviously. But like you said, what's the market? You know, what, what's the market value for him? Yeah, I don't think there are a lot of teams out there right now looking for what Bobby Bradley has to offer. So, uh, last one, Tom from Mount Vernon. Uh, could we revisit the Clevenger and Lindor for Gavin Lux trade and others? Uh, that would be with the Dodgers. And, and I don't know uh, what Gavin Lux has been up to lately, but that was a hot and heavy rumor uh, before the season started, before spring training started. Um now, uh, I guess if the Indians could look back and, and, and pull that trade, at least the Clevenger part of that trade, maybe they would have done it. Yeah, Lux didn't even make their opening day roster this year. So, you know, that tells you. So obviously, the Dodgers are loaded. I mean, uh, they've got a great team, probably the best team in baseball. So, But, you know, uh, I just – I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> if the Dodgers would make that deal. All right. Well, uh, so those are some of the uh, trade proposals that you guys submitted to us. Uh, via subtext again, uh, get in on that if you can. Uh, subtext three ninety nine a month. Uh, subscribe and follow along here on Cleveland.com. Hoinsey, uh, Terry Francona will not be with the club again tonight, and more than likely through the uh, the, the road trip that they're about to go on uh, to Kansas City and St. Louis. Uh, how has this season really just? you're missing Brad Mills, you're missing Ty Van Berkeley, you're, you're missing, uh, you know, a lot of this coaching staff that, that's been there since 2013 with Tito, and now Tito's not there as, as often. 
Sandy Alomar's getting a, you know, a great opportunity to, to manage and sort of showcase himself. But uh, as far as the, the concern over Terry Francona, uh, you know, how, how concerned are you that, you know, beyond this 2020 season, uh, there might be some, some worries about Tito and his health? Yeah, I think you've got to. You've got to think that way, Joe. He signed, you know, his last contract extension was through uh, 2022. Um, uh, but, you know, this season he's had a – I mean, Franco – I mean, uh, Alomar has managed more games than, than Tito has. Um, so there is concern. Um, it sounds like um, <clears throat> they cleared a hurdle with this uh, surgery on Friday. You know, they found, uh, you know, uh, they put in a stint, you know, to prevent some blood clots. But I, I still think he's dealing with the, um, you know, the uh, uh, the gastrointestinal problem. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's got a lot of things going on with him. And you just, you know, I just, hopefully he, ta- he takes his, you know, it seems like the Indians and, and, and uh, Antonetti have done a great job just, you know, kind of keeping him on a tight leash. Mm-hmm. You know, not letting him come back before he's ready, and uh, just preaching to him, say you got to get healthy first. And uh, but I think th- there's a definitely a question mark for next year, Joe. I mean, um, you know, he, you know, what 2017 he had the heart procedure, right. uh, missed the All Star game. Um, now, now this, now he's got two, con- you know, he's got the the gastrointestinal, the uh, the, the, the blood clots, he's got a, you know, a, maybe he's looking at another hip surgery, a hip replacement surgery. So he's, you know, there's a, just a lot going on with, with uh, Tito and uh, we wish him well, but, you know, sometimes I think you, you, sometimes you say just enough is enough. And, you know, they maybe, I think he could have a job in Cleveland as long as he wants. Right. Maybe they kick him upstairs. He's, you know, an, an assistant or, he or he goes back to to Tucson and and lives the rest of his life life you know happily. Well, and you know I always sort of imagined or pictured uh, when Terry Francona and I'm not you know I'm not saying I want this, but when Terry Francona did eventually move on from uh, being manager of the Indians, I always pictured him you know sitting on like Kevin Cash's bench as his bench coach or something along those lines. You know, as as like a uh, like a Don Zimmer type, you know, just, just sort of sitting there and, and, and being the guy in the dugout, uh, you know, having conversations with guys uh, during the games, but who knows, uh, you know, it, it's, it would be great to see uh, Tito back in the dugout full-time healthy at, before the end of this season. Certainly if the Indians are, are going to head into the playoffs at some point, uh, they're going to need his presence there. But uh, you know, beyond that, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, Tito, you know, it's a he's a lifer, man. That's oh, a, yeah. That's a good point, Joe. That you know, if if he's not managing, maybe he's a bench coach because I can't see him leaving. Not the field. being, yeah. I, I really nope. is he, he doesn't seem like a front office guy to me. I mean, I I know he, well, he we've seen him, him obviously, but I think he he needs to be on the field. We've seen him as an analyst that year before he uh yeah. he, he joined the uh, the Indians. He was an analyst for ESPN. You know, and he's good there. He's got so many stories and so much, so much to tell. That the best times are when on Sunday afternoon games, when you know he says, "Hey, shut off the cameras," and he just talks to the reporters and, and yeah, just yeah. you know <laughs> tells the stories and tells you things that that you can't you know report, but that are just the best stories you've ever heard. So 
uh, yeah, again, I, I, I really want to see Tito get back because uh, it, it, it means a lot to a lot of people there with the Indians that, that he's present and, and, you know, just doing his thing. And he's very good at his job. Yes, he is. All right. Well, Hoinsey, uh, you're very good at your job. We'll see you uh, tonight at the ballpark doing yours and uh, back here tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.